0: Hello moms, this is Holly McLean, the Mommy Answer Lady. Does your child seem to have emotional meltdowns or tantrums over seemingly minute events? If you are constantly dealing with this, that's struggling moms, and you don't have to continue to do that. Today we'll talk about how to teach your child to rule over their own emotions. Well moms, you know I was thinking about this podcast and trying to decide whether to title it it's not okay, because of the things I've been thinking about lately and wanting to share with you, it's really time to lay it out there. Lay some truth out there. Just remember my goal is only to see that you find relief, joy, and happiness with your child. Truth matters, and I want very much to lay it out there so you can see it, and then show you what you can do about it. Lately, there's been a somewhat new philosophy that's starting to permeate the culture. It's the idea that everything is okay. Everything is beautiful. Everything is wonderful. And it's not. One thing that's not okay is that moms have to keep struggling, and I'm really working on trying to help you not have to do that. But the things that are being accepted as okay are only being accepted because to fix them would be difficult. Sometimes it's kind of difficult to even admit there's a problem. So instead of admitting there's a problem, people are starting to just say everything's okay. Now, I am going to do a podcast that's going to be uh, focusing on parental advice, bad parental advice, and how to discern good parental advice from bad parental advice. There is an amazing amount of bad parental advice out there. Um, So we're going to talk a little bit about that today, just to set the stage for talking about how to help your child rule over their emotions. But something that comes to mind is the Emperor's new clothes story. I know most of you know what that is, but basically it's where a king um, is being conned by a couple of men who say they can make a suit of clothes for the king that uh, can only be seen by intelligent people. People who are not intelligent won't be able to see the clothes. Well, the king thinks this is wonderful, so he wants them to make the clothes for him. Uh, so they quote make the clothes where basically they're not making anything and then they con him into believing that these are clothes that only intelligent people can see and of course the king can't see them so he thinks i'm not going to let anybody know that i'm not going to say that that would make me look bad so i can see them and they're wonderful and he tells everyone how wonderful they are and of course everybody agrees they are wonderful because they don't want to be the one that looks like they're not intelligent so he goes out amongst the town pe- townspeople in a parade to show off his new clothes. And everybody's pretending that they can see them because they don't want to be the one that says they're not intelligent by not seeing them. And in the end, it's a child who says, hey, you're not wearing any clothes. And of course, the king is just devastated by that idea. And finally, everybody t- starts to realize, yeah, there aren't any clothes there. So what's the point of me telling that story? Well, the idea is, I think everybody really knows there is a problem with children who have tantrums, but many people are starting to say, oh, that's okay. It's fine, it's good. In fact, when you look online about tantrums and children screaming in the store, I have found things that say, if your child is screaming in the store, you're a good mom. Now, I'm not saying you're a bad mom, because you're not either a good mom or a bad mom if your child is either screaming or not screaming in the store. But it certainly doesn't mean you're a good mom. It's saying again, everything's okay, when it's not okay. It's not okay for your child to lose control of their emotions, whether in public or in private. So I'm gonna be that child saying, you know, like the emperor's new clothes, that's not okay. Now that doesn't mean you're a bad mom if your child is having a meltdown, no. All it means is that you don't know what to do to fix it. And you know what? I don't think it really helps a mom to say it's okay because in the end, then that poor mom has to keep dealing with that kind of stuff and that situation. The child also has to keep dealing with it because they're not taught how to rule over their emotions so they don't have those emotional breakdowns. So it doesn't really help anyone to say it's okay and there's no reason to deal with it, and so on. That doesn't help anybody. It certainly doesn't help the mom or the child. And definitely the people around are not going to appreciate it inside, even if they pretend it's all fine and it's all good. It's not good, it's not okay. So let's see what we can do to help you fix it. Let's see what we can do to keep that from happening so you have relief. That's what I want for you. I want you to have relief and I want your child to have relief. Let's talk about how to do that. One of the things that society is doing to start to accept the behavior in children uh, that is not acceptable is to call it a disorder. So I went to the American Psychological Association website and looked up what the word disorder means. It means a group of symptoms involving abnormal behaviors or psychological conditions, persistent or intense distress, or a disruption of psychological functioning. So I'm getting at talking about oppositional defiant disorder. Now moms, I hope that you will open your minds for a moment because I'm gonna say some things that are rather controversial. I tend to do that sometimes, but I totally believe these with all my heart. There is one point at which I talk to you, I believe, about um, that I don't believe all the experts know what they're talking about all the time. I believe that experts have a lot of expertise, and they do have a lot of good things to say. But sometimes I believe they go off track, and I believe this is one of those times. The reason it's important to point it out is because if you don't point it out, you can't fix it. If you don't lay it out there, you can't fix it. Here is the definition for oppositional defiant disorder. A disorder in a child marked by defiant and disobedient behavior to authority figures. Treatment can help, but this condition can't be cured. It is chronic, can last for years or be lifelong. Requires a medical diagnosis, lab tests or imaging not required. The cause of Oppositional Defiant Disorder is unknown, but likely involves a combination of genetic and environmental factors. Symptoms generally begin before a child is 8 years old. They include irritable mood, argumentative and defiant behavior, aggression, and vindictiveness that last more than 6 months and cause significant problems at home or school. Here are some of the symptoms described. Your child throws huge tantrums when he gets home from school, and the consequences for acting out only make him more agitated. Simple reminders like to put socks in the hamper and not on the floor trigger aggression or meltdowns. Consequences don't work, nor do they seem to have any impact on behavior. Your child just doesn't take rules seriously. You're like a broken record your child hears but ignores you over and over. Your child tells little lies even after you've stressed the importance of telling the truth. Public tantrums in restaurants and checkout lines are keeping you and your family homebound. It's like your child is seeking conflict, purposefully trying to ignite your anger. Your child refuses to accept blame when he does something wrong. Okay, moms, if all of this is happening... It is not a disorder that your child has. It is a relationship that is lacking in your child's life. There are things in the relationship between you, maybe your husband or the father of your child, and your child that need to be addressed. And once those relationships are mended and put in order the way they should be, this will change. Now, I am very, very aware there are going to be people who listen to this and get very angry at me. They're going to get very mad that I've brought this up and that I have said in my uneducated self (laughs) that um, oppositional defiant disorder is not a disorder in the child. I know they're going to do that. And I know they're going to say all the methods they've tried haven't worked and therefore it is a disorder and the child is, uh, has some kind of a problem. Well, I believe the child does have a problem, but it's not because they have a disorder. The problem is they have some issues in their family. They have some issues with their uh, relationship with their parents, and that has caused them to have a lot of anger and they don't know how to handle it. They don't know what to do with it, so they act out. Now, that doesn't mean they have bad parents. It doesn't mean that. They might have bad parents. I'm not saying that it means they don't have bad parents. It it doesn't mean one way or the other. What it probably means is the parents just don't know what to do because most parents want the best for their children and most parents want to do whatever they can do to help their child overcome these kinds of issues. But more than likely, the parents just don't know what to do. And they certainly don't know how to help their child rule over their own emotions. Okay. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How to help your child rule over their own emotions, because it doesn't help to say they have a disorder. So therefore there's nothing that can be done. Uh, Treatment may help, but they're not going to be cured. So every time that they have an emotional breakdown, once they're diagnosed with ODD, well, it's just chalked up to the fact that they have ODD. Okay, they can't help it. That's just a disorder they have. And, and so we'll just have to let that go and continue to let them behave that way, because there's nothing we can do. That's not true. There are things that can be done. There are ways to help your child rule over their emotions. Let's do that. I realize they're not saying there's no treatment. But what they're saying is there's no cure. And first of all, it's not a disorder. So when you Do not define the problem correctly. I don't believe you can really fix it. The truth is that this seriously hurts my heart. Because this is not a disorder of the child, but a parenting problem. So when something like this is diagnosed, it gives the parents an excuse not to fix what they need to fix in their own parenting skills and to chalk more of the same behavior up to this disorder. And I hurt for the child and the parent who give in to this idea because they are headed for more sorrow and pain. The truth is they need to parent differently, show love to their child more aggressively, give more personal attention and build their relationship, find ways to effectively change the attitude and not allow or excuse bad behavior. The anger that is being expressed when ODD is diagnosed is because of the lack of trust we have discussed in previous sessions. But the parent should not allow for the bad behavior regardless of the circumstances. Children often act aggressively when they do not know how to express themselves, when they feel as if they are not being listened to or acknowledged. Their immaturity causes them to react to neglect or disregard or criticism with anger rather than having control and thinking through these emotions. Now, there are several skills that parents need to have to help their children to deal with these emotions. The first and most important is real eye-to-eye communication. Your child needs to know you see them and you understand their frustrations and concerns. So you need to talk to them about the different kinds of emotions and ask them if they understand what each is and how it is expressed. We are going to have a future podcast on how to discern what's going on with your child so you'll know what methods to use at different times, but we're gonna do that at a different time. But all children and adults need to have control over their emotions and not allow them to rule their behavior. You need to tell your child that they can either be in charge of their emotions or their emotions can be in charge of them. You need to explain how important it is that they have control and that their emotions do not. And of course, depending on the age of the child, how you're going to tell them this will matter. You know, If they're really small little toddlers, you have to say it in a way that they're going to understand to the extent that they can. In order for them to take control, they need to have a simple process of thought. They can use this process of thought and rely on it to make decisions about what to do when emotions begin to get out of control. So the thing to do is to teach a child to stop, think, and respond. Stop, as soon as they recognize they are becoming emotional, stop and reflect. Think, what options do they have about how to respond and what are the consequences to each option? and then respond, make a choice that will be the most benefit to themselves and others. So that's what you need to teach your children. Stop, think, and respond. When you start to see them melt down and you've been able to talk this out with them, tell them stop, think, and respond and give them a minute to do it. So we're gonna talk through some different emotions. First, we'll talk about anger. Anger is the emotion that is mostly used to excuse bad behavior, both in children and adults. It usually builds over time and if it's caught early, it's easier to manage. The first thing to think about with expressions of any emotion is the root cause. So when your child is expressing anger inappropriately, immediately stop any bad behavior by taking action. This may be by covering the mouth if the child is small to stop screaming or fussing until they get control of themselves, It may be sending them to the room if they are older and need to calm down. It may be as easy as sitting down with them and having a conversation right at that moment depending on how they're expressing their anger. But bratty behavior, physical aggression, verbal abuse, or disrespectful attitudes are never acceptable under any circumstances. Immediately stop any sign of these three things. Once the immediate problem of bad behavior is under control, Have an eye to eye contact conversation with your child about the issues that caused the outburst. Do not be angry in your reaction back to them. Let them know you hear them. Tell them you love them. And because you do, you cannot allow them to behave badly. Let them know that when they are angry, they must learn to control that emotion and think through the reasons for it. Then you should consider with them whether their anger is reasonable or if it is misplaced. For instance, are they angry at others for something that is their own fault? Are they angry for consequences that they have made themselves, they've created? Are they angry for someone else because another person was mistreated? Is the anger really a substitute for sadness over another issue? Talk about the options of what to do to remedy the problem. And again, remind them anger does not solve problems, but creates more problems. Let them know being angry is okay, but acting inappropriately is not okay. So with each emotion, I'm gonna have a question and an answer. So your child is angry because another child has taken a toy away that they were playing with first. They hit the other child on the head. When you go to correct them, they hit you. What do you do? This child has not been taught to control their emotions and uses physical aggression to express frustration. First, take the child away from the situation and make them sit quietly until they calm down. If they cry or scream in frustration, cover their mouth until they are finished. After they have completely calmed down, and you know the method for that, you've already listened to my other podcasts, and if you don't, do that, and then you'll know. So, after they have completely calmed down and agreed they are ready to talk, have a discussion with them about hitting others. Now you notice I said wait until they are ready to have a discussion. You don't want to have a, try to have a discussion in the midst of a huge conflict. That's not the time to have one, okay? Let them know physical aggression is never appropriate in a response to their anger. Remind them that they forgot to stop, think, and respond. You can empathize with the fact that the other child took their toy and how that was wrong of them but hitting is not appropriate anyway. Then ask them what would the appropriate response have been? Let them know the next time to stop, think, and respond. They could ask for the toy back. If it's not given back, to talk to the person in charge and let them know the problem. If that person does not remedy the situation, to let you, their mom, know even if they have to let you know later and you can discuss it then with them. Make sure they understand to stop, think and respond appropriately. Go over this with them each time they respond inappropriately to a situation. Okay, so now let's talk about the emotion of fear. Fear is the emotion that is used to stop us from accomplishing goals. Fear can even keep us from doing the right thing. So when your child shows fear, the first thing to do is to assess whether their fear is warranted. So do they have a fear of something that is a true threat to their well-being? Or is their fear related to a potential of embarrassment, failure, or rejection? Or do they have a fear of something that really is true? It could be something to be feared. Handling fear inappropriately consists of making a decision based upon it. Did you hear that? I'm going to say that again. Handling fear inappropriately consists of making a decision based upon it okay, not on the true potential for physical harm, that decision should be made because of thought. Thinking through the safety of the situation and deciding it's not safe is different than basing a decision on fear itself. Fear should not be the driving force to stop one from moving forward, but it can be a warning sign to consider before making a reasonable decision. Now, I've discussed this with, before with parents that allow their children to use fear to stop them from doing things. One, uh, one example I have is um, a child that I know that has stopped himself from going into any kind of water because he's afraid of water and his parents have not helped him overcome this fear. Now, of course, you could say, well, it's a reasonable fear because people do drown. Well, that is true, but it's not reasonable to make a decision based upon that fear because there are plenty of safe ways to use water and it's used all the time in social situations, right? People go boating, people go swimming, people go fishing and he is not able to do any of those things because if he gets in the water or near the water, he gets afraid and his parents have coddled him in this fear. Therefore, it's stopping him from accomplishing goals. So the emotions are not being dealt with in the right way, right? So similarly, when your child shows fear, think about why they are fearful and talk it through with them. But do not allow fear to rule their decisions or behaviors. So help them work through the fear and find accomplishment on the other side of it. When they do, they will learn to regulate their fears and conquer that emotion. Don't coddle them in the emotion, help them conquer it, help them overcome it, help them control it. Talk to them about the different kinds of fears, such as the fear of peers, the fear of authority, the fear of physical harm, and the fear of God. Some fears need to be overcome and some need to be heeded. So help them learn how to discern so they can make mature choices. So the question that we'll answer this time, your child is afraid of dogs for no reason that you can figure out. You go to a friend's house and they have a friendly dog. They run away in fear, what should you do? Remind them to stop, think, and respond. Ask your friend if it is okay to use this time as a lesson. Bring your child over to the dog and talk to them about it. Tell them that this is a friendly dog and have it sit nearby. Now your child might be trembling and having a meltdown or whatever, at that point you need to tell your child again. We're not going to go away until you have conquered this. So sit there and take over your own emotions, stop, think, and respond. So then you can feed the dog some treats and pet it as you talk. Ask questions of your child about the dog so they start thinking about the dog. What color is the dog? What's its name? How many legs does it have? Do you know where it sleeps, Etc. Then require your child to pet the dog. Work with the child as they learn that the dog is friendly. They need to overcome this fear. Now, of course, teach them to always ask the owner before petting a dog because some dogs aren't friendly, right? Sure, that's true. When they pet the dog, praise them and let them know that they are very brave to overcome this fear and think about how good they're going to feel about themselves when they overcome it. Instead of constantly for the rest of their life being afraid of dogs. That does not help them in their life. How many dogs are they going to encounter in their life? They're going to encounter a lot of dogs, okay? They need to overcome that fear. Now, the next one I'm gonna talk about, you might be kind of surprised. Some of you are no doubt thinking happiness would not be something that I would want to cover in controlling your emotions, but actually it is. Why would we need to talk about handling the emotion of happiness? Because your child needs to be in control of all of their emotions, not just those that cause obvious behavioral issues. So how do you think happiness can be handled inappropriately? Well, think about that. Have you ever seen a child be overly silly, continuing to laugh without stopping or behave crazy in response to a good mood? We are all happy along with a person when they are showing signs of happiness, and usually this is something with which we can all share. But sometimes, especially in an immature child and even immature adults, happiness becomes an excuse for overly silly or even rude behavior. In adults, it's used to excuse to drink alcohol and party all hours of the night. Is that appropriate behavior to express happiness? No, it's not. So if you want to teach your child wisdom, they need to understand all emotions need to come under appropriate expressions. When a child is out of control, acting silly because they are having a good time, it is not uncommon for that to be irritating to the other people around them. They may be running around uncontrollably, screaming or laughing loudly while others are talking, or interrupting the activities of others because of their random expressions of happiness. A child should be able to express happiness with reasonable behavior, laughing at appropriate times with others as they tell a funny joke, jumping momentarily when they are surprised with an unexpected gift, or saying thank you with a big hug to a relative who's agreed to take them out. This is all fine and good. I've seen a grandmother reprimand a mom who was telling her child to calm down when the child was out of control with happiness, jumping about, laughing loudly, and running around acting silly in the midst of others who were trying to have a conversation. The mother recognized the child was out of control because of something they were going to be able to do later, but the grandmother said, they're just happy. They should be allowed to express themselves. No. They should not be allowed to express themselves when those expressions are at the expense of everyone around them. And they should learn to appropriately control themselves when they feel happy, as well as when they feel sad or angry. So if your child is expressing happiness by being overly silly or obnoxious, let them know that you are very glad they are feeling good, but they must not lose control of their behavior. Let them know appropriate ways to express themselves and when they are out of line, stop them. So here's the question. You have a friend and their child over to play for a play date, and their children are acting overly silly, their children, running around inside your house. They're screaming and laughing so loudly that it is piercing the ears of others. You start to correct your child and your friend says, don't worry, they're just having fun. What do you do? Well, of course, you can tell your friend to listen to the Mommy Answer Lady podcasts, and that will solve the problem. (laughs) just kidding although yes tell them that but you let your friend know that you are trying to help your child rule over their emotions by having self-control so when talking to your friend of course don't mention that their child is out of control too (laughs) just don't want to do that just make sure they understand you are working with your child on this and take your child aside and calm them down and let them know you are so happy they're having a good time with their friend but they're getting out of control with their emotions If they do not calm down immediately and play appropriately, make them sit out until you feel they are ready to do so. Make sure they understand that what is appropriate, playing quietly in the house, building blocks together, etc and what is not, screaming and running in the house, tell them the difference. Tell them what's good and what's not. If that doesn't work, take them in another room, remind them to stop, think and respond and have another short discussion. If they still do not listen and pay attention to what you're saying, it may be time to apply punishment if necessary. That will calm them down and they will be able to go out and play appropriately. Next, we're gonna talk about sadness. Sadness is an emotion that can cause real depression, but can also be used as an excuse to coddle. Real sadness should have reasonable expression and a reasonable time period to recover. Sometimes that means a few minutes and sometimes it can be a few days. But it can also be taken to an extreme and used to squeeze every bit of attention possible from others. In little children, it's really important to be understanding if they feel sadness over something that is reasonable for this emotion. They may have lost their pet. um, It may have died. They may have gotten in trouble and feel sad for losing a privilege. A parent is sick or they are sick. There are all reasonable times for some sadness or grief, but there is a limit to what is acceptable in the expression of this emotion. When a child feels sad, empathy certainly should be shown for their situation. Many times a big hug and words of encouragement are needed. Your behavior in showing empathy will help your child understand how to comfort others in their times of sadness. So showing compassion with words and expressions of understanding are definitely appropriate. Then there is the out of control situation where sadness is used as a tool of manipulation. When a child falls down and scrapes their knee, what is an appropriate response to the sadness and emotion shown? Have you seen a child milk that for everything it's worth? Have you seen a parent overly comfort a child as they scream in agony over a scratch that is not even visible to the naked eye? Seriously, this is a time when a child needs to learn to control themselves. If they are really hurt, crying is appropriate, but screaming and continually scratching at others for attention is not. Crying as you comfort them from a true injury is fine, but helping them to cope by telling them to calm down and think through what to do to fix the problem is a good lesson. If they are milking the situation and it is clear that they are not really injured but just upset for falling down, it should be treated as any other time when they are behaving badly. Have them stop, think, respond. Then if they do not behave appropriately, have them sit out of playtime until they get control of themselves. When they have gained control of themselves, have a short conversation with them about how to appropriately express sadness. One great lesson to a small child is to let them know happiness is a choice. If they choose sadness, they will be sad. Something I often did with my small children was to tell them to go to the room until they had a happy spirit. This meant that if they had a negative, mopey, or sad attitude, I let them know this was not a good choice. Now, I'm not talking about if there was a true reason for it. If they were Hurt in some real way. I gave them time to overcome that, of course. But most of the time, especially in some strong-willed children, they tend to just get a mopey bad mood. And they're just unkind and not nice to everybody around them. And they need to learn to overcome that. So I would say, go to your room till you have a happy spirit. If they chose to behave that way, I would not allow it to spread around to others. And I would tell them that. They would need to go away from others, choose a happy attitude, and then they could return to be with us. This let them know they could choose whether they could be happy or sad. They had a choice in that. They, They made their choices. And you know what? We all have choices like that, right? We have a choice as an adult to have a happiness in our heart and be happy, or we have a choice to be sad. And we can take almost any circumstances and decide how we're going to respond. So here's the question. Your child has a special toy they sleep with every night. They left it at a friend's house across town and it's time for bed. Your child is ready to have a breakdown because they don't have their toy. Do you call the friend's mother and ask if you can go pick it up? What do you do? Answer, you remind them to stop, think, and respond. What are the responses they can give to not getting what they want right now? What are the outcomes of those responses? Part of this would be up to you as a parent, wouldn't it? Do they know they will be coddled and you will hop to their every whim? Or do they recognize they must control themselves and deal with disappointment? Let your child know you understand they want to have their special toy, but it is not here right now. Do not go over to the friend's house and get it. Your child should not believe it is necessary for them to have this item to go to sleep. They may be sad and that is understandable, but they can deal with it. They can control their emotions. Do not allow fussing or bad behavior. Remind them they they can choose happiness or sadness, and this time they should choose happiness. You can offer another toy. If they refuse, let them know that is their choice and continue with your regular bedtime routine. Now we're gonna talk about embarrassment. The emotion of embarrassment can be used as an excuse to withdraw from society. The best remedy for most embarrassing situations is for a person to learn to make fun of themselves and not to take failures as some kind of truth about the person they are inside. The fear of embarrassment can cause a person not to accomplish their goals. It's a fear again, isn't it? The fear of that emotion happening, as we talked about in the fear section. But what about when embarrassment inevitably comes as it does to all of us at some point? How should we teach them to handle it? It's a good idea to talk to your children about embarrassment before it happens. If they haven't experienced real embarrassment yet, have a talk about what that feels like. If they have experienced it, they will likely never forget it, right? (laughs) We could probably all relate to that. But there are three kinds of embarrassing situations. The first is when a person is caught doing something that is wrong and they know it, like lying, stealing, cheating, etc. The second is when a person has no control over what has happened but it still reflects on them, like they fall down in public and say something or say something because of ignorance about a subject, they are put on the spot in a class at school, etc. And then the third is when a person is embarrassed because of peer pressure, all three types. What do they need to do? They need to stop, think, respond. For the first type, which is wrongdoing, this is a time when a child should learn to confess and remedy the problem they created with their own bad choices. Let them know the embarrassment they feel is a consequence of the bad behavior and to cherish it as a lesson they can take with them through life to remind them to do the right thing and to teach others of what happened to them when they made that mistake. Help them to see this emotion under these circumstances as a gift. Let them know the quicker they confess the truth and accept the consequences, the sooner it will go away and the gift of the lesson will be learned and there for them for the rest of their life. For the second type, which is the no control over their circumstances embarrassment, this is a time when an explanation may be warranted. But there is also a time to just take in the circumstances and laugh along with everyone else. So they may, you know, want to explain it, but just laugh along. We all have shortcomings, are ignorant about some things, and even have no control over what happens to us at times. When your child has a good self-image, they can usually get through this kind of embarrassment without any lasting issues. Help them to understand this kind of embarrassment can be handled by making light of yourself. And instead of allowing others to make fun of you, join them in the fun and make fun of yourself. So the third type is peer pressure. This is when a child needs to know that embarrassment is an inappropriate emotion to allow into their heart under these circumstances. It may happen, but they need to overcome it immediately. They need to stop, think, and respond. Help them to think through what is going on. To learn that standing up for what is right should warrant a response of sadness for their friends that want to do something wrong and pride in oneself and in their relationship with the Lord that would give them a sense of purpose and accomplishment to overcome peer pressure. Warn them about this kind of embarrassment and then when it comes, it is a warning sign to them that they need to strengthen their relationship with God and you and rely on him and you. Ask them, to tell you whenever they feel pressured and embarrassed to stand up for what is right so you can support them in accomplishing that goal. Also discuss choosing friends that would not put them in a position like that in the first place. So the question is, your child comes home from school and complains that he doesn't know his multiplication tables when asked by his teacher in front of the whole class. He was put on the spot and embarrassed and the other children laughed at him. He knew he needed to learn them, but he kept putting it off. What do you do? Talk to him about his embarrassment and empathize that he must have been in a difficult situation. Remind him, though, that it is a consequence of him procrastinating his study time. Stop at the moment of embarrassment. Think, what outcome do I want at this moment? And respond in a way that would make that outcome happen. Tell him to take it as a lesson. And the way not to allow it to happen again is to study up and make sure he knows them. He knows those multiplication tables. Also, he can make fun of himself if he goofs up and be lighthearted about it rather than getting angry with others. Okay, the next one we're gonna talk about is love. Now, I save this emotion for last because it can be the most subtly destructive of all the emotions we have discussed. This emotion can seem wonderful and thrilling, but can lead to a complete turn from the right path if it is allowed to grow under the wrong circumstances. Every child needs to know that this emotion, when applied to friends and to the opposite sex, can either be a road to joy or a path to destruction. This is the one emotion that the world tells us not to control. Now, naturally, a child is going to look at the world around them and see very different pictures and hear various stories about the word love. It is your responsibility as a parent to make sure that your child has a clear understanding of what love is and what love isn't, because the world will make the whole subject very confusing. Explain to your child the difference between the love of a parent, sibling, friend, and a dating interest. Give them a true understanding of your beliefs and what is and is not appropriate, not only to express, but to allow to grow within them in relationship to feelings of love. Let them know they can control where their emotions go if they recognize how to do this. Now, as a Christian, I believe that you should have a love for all people. This is the emotion of deep care and concern for the well-being of those around us. Now, if you are a Christian, you might want to explain this kind of love to your children. And even if you're not, you probably still want them to have that kind of uh, love for others. Tell them it is different than the kind of emotion they can start to feel for a friend and the loyalty that can come about with that kind of a relationship or that of a dating interest. Tell them that love for all people is different than those personal ones. Parents need to warn their children of the dangers of uncontrolled passions towards the opposite sex. Dwelling on these feelings and allowing them to grow can cause chaos in their lives, drama with their friends, and distractions from those things that they could be focusing on as young people. Commonly discuss these things with your children. Tell them they are in control and not to lose control by letting their emotions get the better of them. Remind them that there is a time and a purpose for everything. While they are young and in school, allowing their emotions to focus on someone of the opposite sex isn't wise. Naturally, they're going to see boys and girls that interest them because of the hormones going on in their bodies as they get older. But this is a time to have self-control and form friendships, not to move into deep relationships that can lead to bad decisions. If they learn to control the other emotions we've discussed, They can also learn to control this one and to use it in the right way later in their lives when the time is appropriate. Tell them when they start to feel romantically towards someone of the opposite sex to stop, think, and respond. Stop by putting away the emotions for the moment so they can think. Think where is this emotion leading and what possible outcomes could it have and respond with wisdom and understanding of the place they are in their life at this point and that relationships always move now I, you might not understand what i mean by relationships always move i teach a, a dating class called smart dating and so i talk about it in that class so we i'm not going to go into it right now cuz that would take too long but The point is, they need to recognize when they're young and still in school, they don't want to get so deeply into a relationship and they think that they, quote, love the other person that it completely takes over their life. Okay, this isn't the right thing for them to do. It's not what's best for them. So the question is, you find a love note in your child's pocket. It's from a fellow fifth grader. So your child's in fifth grade. What do you do? What if it's from a fellow 10th grader? Answer, let your child know you found the note and ask them for an explanation. Do not be angry or show your deep concern just yet. Discuss how getting into relationships at this age, either one, is not really appropriate or best for them. There will be plenty of time for romance when they are past their education and ready to seek a marriage partner. Right now, focus on friendships. Remind them to keep their emotions in check. Tell them they need to break off this relationship as far as romance goes. And make sure the other young person realizes there will be no romance at this point in their life. We're talking fifth grade, okay? Maybe when they're in 10th grade, you may have a different idea about this, although I still say it's not time for romance in their life just yet. If necessary, and depending on the seriousness of the note and their answers, you may need to discuss ways of keeping the relationship from going any further. There are a lot of variables to this. I understand that. The conclusion, your children need to... Clearly understand they must be the driver when it comes to their emotions and not a passenger. They have to take control over the aspects of their lives that because this will affect everything. Their emotions, if they let them go, will affect every part of their lives and they need to be in control of their lives. So you know what? Teach them how to do that. So for you moms who are having younger toddlers who have tantrums and really lose control of themselves and so on, uh, if you haven't listened to How to Take Charge, Be the Mom, How to Take Charge that podcast, I really suggest you listen to that podcast, that particular one. That will help you understand what you can do in practical ways to help your young children take control of their emotions. Well, this has been a really long one. Wow, it's like in forty some odd minutes that this podcast has gone on. I had no idea it would be that long. Although there's a lot of emotions to talk about, isn't there? There's a lot of things about emotions to talk about. So I'm really glad I was able to uh, be able to be with you today. I appreciate so much all of you who are listening. I want you to know I am available for you if you want to ask me a question or you have a question about anything I've said or you have a particular question. I do have people that um, get a hold of me for. A specific issues with their children's behavior and I'm happy to do what I can to help them through uh, misbehaviors and so on. Um, So if you have a question, you can write me at holly at mommyanswerlady.com I'm also these podcasts are available and articles are available on my website at mommyanswerlady.com I hope you'll visit it. I'm also getting on Twitter. I have a Facebook. I'd love for you to join uh, to follow, do whatever depending on the situation i just love to have you all be a part of um, the mommy answer lady also if you are listening to these podcasts i hope that you are gaining something from them i hope they're helping you and i ask that you would please share them with others i want to help as many moms as i can so until next time remember moms you can do this